<gasps> oh, Rocky. This disease called multiple sclerosis is destroying my head. I get pains and feelings like someone's cutting and stabbing me. Is it in my head? Can't you help me? This leaves me in misery. I wish you could see all this pain inside me. It's why I'm a big downer. I wake up with pains and numbness to start once I crawl out of bed. It's eating at my head. And when I'm dreaming, I get the feeling I'm normal in my head. It's eating at my mind. My myelin is low. I don't get dressed. There's no place I want to go. And friends and family just think I am a big downer. It's eating at my mind. Oh, no, no, no. Sha la la la. It's eating at my mind. Oh, no, 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 no. Sha la la la. It's eating at my mind. Hello, and welcome to episode 64 of Under the Call of MS. A little play on the Rocky Horror Picture Show's song, Sword of Damocles. Uh, see, today we're going to try and finish up some of the Halloween comics that I had planned, which I never got to and finished off, so, since I didn't do every day of October like I planned on doing. Just didn't work out, but I had a lot of comics piled up, so I gotta get caught up on them. And I'm gonna start out with Cody and the Creepers, which really wasn't one that I had lined up for Halloween. I came across it in October, found them in a dollar box, found the fourth one, and also I found the other three. So I grabbed hold of them, looked interesting, had a band of three girls on it, one's in a wheelchair. So I'm like, something's gotta be up, Let's see if maybe it's a disease related or something like that. Once I got the comic and checked it out, I learned basically following a tragic accident. The creepy's punk rock sisters, Cody, Corey, and Chris, are known much for their much to their annoyance as the band who lived. Nobody realizes is that Cody didn't escape unscathed. She's actually a ghost. And she keep her secret as the creepies fight their way through a literal battle of the bands in a quest for the final pin McGinnon pin. Fun story about these three sisters and their roadie that drives them around, takes, sets them up, takes care of them and all that. Uh, traveling around on a really cool battle of bands idea where you got to go and play at least one song at every venue that they have on the uh, list. And along the way, they have a boy band that's kind of like just a couple pins behind them that's constantly trying to stop them and get ahead of them. And they have other issues with other people in here that try and cause trouble with their vehicle and stuff like that. Some some little... uh, uh, how do I say it? Uh, unnatural forces out there that are causing issues with them to try and stop them from getting to their final pin. 
And Cody along the way learns she runs into another character and he is also a ghost and explains to her that she's a ghost and gets her to understand all that and explains what he does with ghosts that are lost and wandering and stuff. And it's a really fun different style story and the the roadie's got a serious chimichanga issue. Yeah, he's never had a chimichanga before, and he tries it out. Falls in love with it to the point where he fills their whole vehicle with chimichangas. I don't know why he'd do that, because they'd eventually mold and go bad. <laughs> but Deadpool wouldn't argue with you on that one. He'd jump in and join them. But it's just so much fun going through all the, their little travels on the way to the final pin McGinn pin. But, uh, yeah, check it out. One girl's in a wheelchair. They got in a car accident. That's how she got injured. And Cody got killed and stuff. As long as she uses her mind powers to the right state, she can sit there and be in physical form. and We'll see her and all that stuff. So that's why she, they didn't know she was a ghost. Right away. So. Check that out. That was fun. It's a four-issue run from Boombox. Who knows? Maybe you'll get lucky and find another box at a, your local comic shop like, like I did. But Then I want to talk about Supernaturals. It's a, also a four-issue run done by Marvel Comics. I also have the little preview tour book that was a special book they had out there. It's nice because it's got sketch work and artwork of a lot of characters like Ghost Rider, Black Cat, Gargoyle, Satana. Uh, comic book pages, explanations, how they do it. You got the old monster comics, what these characters were based off of. Uh, it's just nice little quick little and it's small and thin, but it gives you creator synopsises and stuff like that, which are nice. Uh, be a long way to understand the whole basis, why they did it, what's going on, what they plan on doing in the future, but I don't think it ever happened. But 13 years ago, an unexplained chaos event, chaos exclamation mark, which is the thing that confused me the most about this. That's how you spell the Chaos Comics thing, and there was the big Chaos event that happened with Megadeth and all that. Evil to Ernie, Lady Death, Purgatory, all them. I'm guessing that's what they're referring to, but I'm not sure. The Chaos event that swept the Earth, taking all non-magic-powered superhumans with it. Today, as Halloween approaches, the remaining heroes are disappearing. Is the second more horrific chaos event beginning? Will Brother Voodoo be able to gather a team of young heroes? Black Cat, Ghost Rider, Satana, Werewolf, By Night, and the Gargoyle? In time to face the threat. And just who is the villainous mastermind behind the terror? Oh, misprint in here, they spelt Werewolf By Night, Werewolf. The F instead of the second 
W there. But, uh, yeah, there's tons of characters in here. It gives you the, basically the, uh, origin story of Brother Voodoo, how him and his brother had his parents were hunted and tortured and how they ran away and tried some black magic or whatever to bring the parents back or bring something to help them into the realm. Uh, it's nice artwork. They're nice, decent, thick books. They got cardboard cutouts of all the characters, different masks, the main characters that you could pop out. But I don't understand why they put them in the middle of the book. So if you do pop those out, you got to pop the staples and you're going to lose half the pages in the center, which is kind of weird how they did that. So those will stay in my books until I have a second copy. You come across so many different characters throughout this story from the Marvel Universe, from the Marvel's Monster Universe. And you also come across a lot of... They release some giant characters, which surprised me because with uh, one of the characters ends up being Groot. Uh, so it's kind of like the giant Tokyo-style characters, like Godzilla and stuff. They were released in a bunch of different parts of the world, and these guys have to go and deal with them also. The other superheroes that are around also, that are still around, are dealing with them. And yet characters... Grudo, Gargola, I mean, a giant gargoyle, a giant lizard, a giant ant, a giant rock monster, and you got Groot, you got a giant frog, which is a dragon lizard, which I've seen him before. As some type of giant mud monster, or something like that. Just Yeah, it was a fun event. It's I've seen it didn't take off well because they talked about going on with it, but from what I know, the other Supernatural style runs that are out there ended up being different characters and stuff like that, so I don't know what fully happened with that. Another nice comic for the Halloween was Strangers Thing Halloween special. Join the Stranger Things kids in the spooky special celebrating the art of Telling scary stories around the campfire. After all, stories can't hurt you, can they? It's a fun story they they bring up in here that gets the kids all going and excited like you do when you're sitting around the campfire. You got to have that little scary story to t- stories moment where you all take your turns telling some type of scary story, and this is basically what the kids do. They're sitting around, and of course, things happen, and they get spooked and all that, and end up learning more about a local legend. They find out if the creature's still around and stuff. Yeah, it's I can't ruin anything for you, so it's a one-shot, nice little full complete story in the comic there. It's a fun Halloween-style one. 
And then a kind of more bummer one <laughs> it was Year Zero Volume 2, Issue 1. I didn't, I have it. I don't think I have it here yet. I think I have it ordered, but Year Zero, the Volume 1 trade paperback, which I haven't read any of it. But this one looks at a few different characters in different parts of the world, what they're dealing with, with this zombie outbreak. And I'm interested in learning more about the kid and his father on the fishing boat. I'm interested more on a character in Africa. Like the one part he's hitting some water and he's got a zombie following him. He falls down and the zombie almost attacks him and all of a sudden his big ass lion just jumps up and attacks the zombie. The, zombie, the lion itself though has uh, red, red evil looking eyes. Uh, there's a girl in, that's basically living in a mall. I'd like to learn a little bit more about her. She didn't pique my interest too much. There's idiot drug lord that's still alive in, I don't know, Cuba, something like that. And, well, El Topo is his name. I don't like this guy at all. He's don't care to hear more about his storyline, but uh, I guess I'll check out the trade paperback just to see how the zombie outbreak started and what all happened. If there are different characters, I'm assuming completely different characters are in that one than this, than volume two, but yeah, it didn't really pique my interest that much, which is sad because I'm a huge fan of the zombie comics and stuff, but anything zombie related. But yeah, let's get to some MS talk for today. Uh, I guess we'll start out talking yesterday. I had my uh, ortho, orthopedic, ortho, yeah, orthopedic, I think. <laughs> it's called my foot doctor. I've seen the foot doctor and uh, finally decided after she told me a couple of years ago that I was born with a crooked left foot. I'm, and I, my insurance wouldn't cover the orthotics unless I was diabetic. I could get them covered even with a born issue, issue I was born with. But if I eat a bunch of sugar, I can get it. I know I've complained about that before. But, uh, yeah, she sat there and was happy to see me come in and decided to get the orthotics done with. I figured I've been setting some money aside and trying to get some things done like orthotics and my dentures and stuff. So I'm going to start with this. See what it takes. She says I'm going to need an orthotic for both feet. So I definitely got to find some decent shoes because all the shoes I've been buying lately, I don't know what happened. I don't know if shoe sizes just completely changed or what the hell because I keep ordering these extra wides or D's or whatever for these extra width of the shoes and they come and they feel, they're tight as hell and seem smaller than a normal shoe. So with the wonderful COVID thing out there, you don't really want to go to a shoe store and 
try and find one that's open that you can sit and try a bunch of shoes on. It's kind of hard. You got your big box stores, Walmarts and all them, Target and stuff. You can go sit in the store and try on a bunch of theirs. But until I know how thick the orthotics are and stuff, I'm going to have to just look around and see what I can find. I'm thinking about playing around with, uh, wanted to get some sketchers or something that had a memory foam type bottom, but I don't think that'll matter once I get to orthotic. It's usually like a hard plastic, plastic orthotic with cushioning. So we'll see what happens. I just have to play, play it by ear, but yeah, we found out. Both my feet were blowing out. Uh, planners, fiacious style pains through both heels. So she brought out the big two to three inch needle, full, huge tube full of fluid that she sat there and was going to do the left foot, the work, the tilt, the crooked foot. And then um, after she on the hot spot on that one, I'm like, well, my right one's actually in more pain than my left one because it's been compensating for so long. So she touched that one, instant, instantly hit the hot spot, jumped a little. So she sent her nurse to get the se- get a second needle, figured we'll inject both feet with the, the stuff I had done a couple of years ago that helped actually for a while keep the pain away from the the bruising style pain and stuff and helped it and then with that it helps it heal because I do more things that I couldn't do before so I'd do that I'd try that so she did the left foot by herself so she sprayed it with the numbing the icy numbing spray which I can't really feel anything on because, number one, my feet are numb. And number two, it's on your heel where it's thick, so you don't really feel the freezing or the numbness. But she shoved that needle in there, and then she moves it through that whole bruised feeling area of the heel and just moves it back and forth as she's shooting that gook in your foot. So that's always fun. You sit there and hold as still as possible because you don't want to move around while she's got a big old needle in your foot. The nurse comes in for the second needle. and She stands back about (laughs) four feet and just hits the button with the numbing spray and shoots the stream all the way to the foot. She's got pretty much dead-eye accuracy. Numbed it up. Doctor needle and did the second foot, and that one was, of course, worse because it was more sensitive. But yeah, it's like again another appointment that my awesome, wonderful wife missed out on. Her job can't go with me to my appointments anymore. But it was all right. It doesn't. I mean, your feet are a little sore, but. It doesn't affect the driving or anything like that, so that was fine. And then you got the holiday season coming up around the corner. Uh, 
or a lot of stress is going to be coming into our our laps. Uh, a lot of issues you got to deal with. It's a hard time financially. I, th- I still personally think it's like me and my wife. We just buy stuff for each other throughout the year that we don't have to wrap it. We don't have to do none of that crap. Like we just get each other stuff that we know we like and we see it done with it we'll still, do, still do stockings for christmas those are fun just fill full little oddball things but yeah sometimes we go out of hand with them but we've been getting better with that as far as adults and presents i mean come on after you turn 18 even 16 14 <laughs> at least 16 to 18 you didn't have to deal with getting people presents anymore and stuff like that. Like, if you want to get something some for someone, just do it randomly throughout the year. It means more when you're sitting there trading a fifty dollar gift for, and they got get you a fifty dollar gift. Half the time, it's something you don't even give a shit about. It's like why, why waste the time and the money hunting the stuff down? I get it if you put a ton of thought into things, but a lot of these people are ridiculous. Just, my family's some of them, my siblings and stuff, their kids and all that. They do like week long, month long birthdays and holidays. It's like really, you actually use every one of these gifts that you get five hundred gifts every year for all this shit and everybody's broke because they got you all the stuff and you use it for a day or two and then set it aside and forget about it it's like i just get it for the kids the kids it's fun for them but the adults i don't know it's my opinion but i think it's a waste of time i see people it just Give everybody a gift card, all that stuff. It's like meaningless crap. Just, I bother. Take a vacation, family vacation instead. Get stuff randomly throughout the year when you find something really neat that, you know, the person will enjoy and give it to them. It's, yeah, just my opinion. So I love my wife. We just, we're very simple and we work very well together. Yeah, uh, I'll have to get start getting some of the holiday uh, recipes out since we got Thanksgiving around the corner and stuff. So later this week, maybe I'll get start giving some recipes out. See what do they got for future of MS management? Uh. It's like they got over 20 FDA-approved treatment options for us now for our regular disease-modifying therapies. Uh, All our treatment options can be given a grade based upon how convenient they are, how effective they are, and how safe they are. And granted, some some work with relapse and remitting, some work with secondary, progressive, primary progressive. You got to find the right one for you. 
uh, escalation therapy. Most of our original MS therapies like beta interferons and glatamer acetates would fit into that category. That would be like your copaxones and stuff. I think Equitera and stuff would be considered that. Major disadvantage to this approach is that the person with MS could accumulate new permanent disabilities before they are moved to a more effective therapy. Uh, with induction therapy, choose a more effective treatment option from the start. These options may carry higher risk along with their higher effectiveness. Medications such as natalizumab and ocrelizumab are generally more effective in relapsing forms of MS and may offer the best chance of preventing any disease progression. And, and if you want to think about more effective therapies, you can research into the role of hemotopietic stem cell transplantations continues with the procedure, the immune system is essentially rebooted. It appears that the ideal patient is below the age of 50 and has active relapsing MS, new lesions on MRI, and relapses, which basically I still say I'm in secondary progressive now because I'm not having the new relapses and stuff like I used to. It's everything staying permanent. And of course, I, I hit 50, so. This is another thing that stem cells, they'll sit there and give me that ES excuses about, oh, you're touching that now until you're in your 60s or 70s, <laughs> or we're not doing that for people your age. It's fun getting old. You just get shoved off to the side. The holy grail of MS care is neural repair by repairing areas of damaged myelin and axons or rerouting information around areas of damage hope is that we may be able to reverse disability numerous research projects around the world are focusing on that the role of cannabis and ms will continue to evolve the cannabis plant contains more than 60 chemical compounds called cannabinoids including thc and cbd research has shown that these cannabinoids may be beneficial in managing spasms and spasticity, central neuropathic pain, and urinary urgency and frequency. These effects are likely mediated through the human endocannabinoid system in our central nervous system. Humans also have endocannabinoid receptors on most cells of our immune system. These receptors appear to be anti-inflammatory in nature. Uh, staying active and avoiding cigarettes are important. The future of MS management is bright and exciting. They're get, coming out with more and more things. We actually may get a chance to hear that they have a cure in our lifetime, but they at least help repair our damage in our lifetime. I'm not holding my, keeping my fingers crossed or anything for it. I don't. Don't expect to see it happen. But who knows? We might get lucky. But yeah. It's funny how things that are actually in our system, like melatonin, it's just that helping 
activate something that's already in your system, THC with cannabinoids are already in our systems, stuff like that. We're learning about stem cells being using parts of our body to help repair stuff. It's like instead of using all these weird ass chemicals with all these weird ass side effects there, it's gonna cause us more trouble in the future. But yeah, let's end it with a little bit of fun. I got out of a couple of my airbrush magazines, a couple little tiny cartoons. One guy is sitting here airbrushing a t-shirt. He's got a huge ass 300 pound compressor. It looks like behind him that he's got his airbrush hooked up. And got a big hole right through the shirt. And he's standing back and says, whoa, too much air pressure, Marvin. <laughs> You don't need a huge 300-pound press. You just need that little tiny one for airbrushing. Then uh, another one, you got a guy doing his, working on his uh, art table, doing some airbrushing. Papers flying in the air, his utensils and stuff, all his equipment's flying all over the place. Tables are knocked over. It says, slowly, it began to dawn on Bob why a regulator was necessary. If you're going to airbrush, boys and girls, use the standard tiny little airbrush compressor. Way to go. But that is the end of our episode for the week. And be good to each other. Take care of yourself. Don't deal with any type of stress in your life if you don't have to. Check out the Crimson Call Comic Club, Under the Call. The AB Conversation. They're all great podcasts. Some have YouTube uh, videos, but you guys all have a great day, and I will get back to you probably within the next day or two.